0: ready to go
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> all right all right god he's such a diva behind the scenes that was a whole log rant he was just yelling at us the only way i could calm him down is pressing play because when the cameras are on baby when the cameras are on you know the persona
0: comes out dude. <laughs> um
2: yeah so like sorry if i'm a little quiet this episode guys i just got yelled at by matt for like 20 <laughs>
0: minutes. hey Hey, we're oh. producing content, baby Alex. Come on, and make sure you cut me yelling at you out of the podcast. I won't listen to it back, so I won't know, but you better <laughs> okay. do it.
2: It's okay, man. I'm a good boy. I'll be a good boy, I promise. Um, I promise.
1: All right, okay. I'll okay. give you be a little bad. bad. All right, well. You're Jewish. Not. You do have got Santa to look for, and You can be a little bad. I literally remember being a kid. I remember being a kid, and I was just like, one of the biggest things- uh, you know kids would be like you're going to hell because you know christmas and that's some of the times they said that they mostly said it because you don't believe in jesus wait they said that. you're going to hell because, because you christmas? don't celebrate christmas oh, um dude, and so um, i was like are so whack child brains are so whack and i remember saying once i was like but i get to be a little bad and you don't and i was like <laughs> i get to tell on your parents and if i do that you get coal and meanwhile if you tell on my parents i don't know They'll be disappointed in me. I'd rather get presents than be disappointed. They'll still give me presents, but it'll be like Jewish guilt added with it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to go back in time and
0: it's actually Jake, it's Maccabees. pronounced
1: guilt. <laughs> no, okay, that <laughs> was a that was pretty was good. A good joke. <laughs> that was a right. really good joke. For all the Jews listening, did you laugh? Yeah, every
2: Jew just freaked out. <laughs> every just Jew just shit their pants. Freaked out. Uh, and okay, if you're
1: well, not Jewish, get off this episode. i If you're not
2: Jewish, Google guilt and then start <laughs> laughing.
1: Google guilt versus guilt. Probably some pieces up there. Uh, with that, banger of a joke,
0: hello and welcome <laughs> back, everyone. This is episode 86, part one of our family bracket, uh, and I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. I'm Jakers.
1: Jewish Wait, Jakers. Wait, it's,
2: it's uh, Jakers. I have a job today because it's the first episode in a bracket. This is our family bracket. Matt said it at the end of our last episode, but this is not... Movies for families. This is movies mm-hmm. about family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that informed my picks.
0: Yeah. C- coming at you in today's episode, we've got <laughs> Furious Seven versus Spy Kids 2. <laughs> Uh, And then in the back half of the episode, we've got Lilo and Stitch versus Hereditary. Again, movies about families. Yeah, the best movie families
1: are in these movies. Like when you think of families and movies, you think of these movies. Uh, And we're also going to be spoiling them. You know, Uh, we're going to be spoiling these movies, probably some other ones, because we like to reference things and other things. We also like to talk about the picks we probably should have picked in a bracket whenever we have a theme during it and spoil them as well so just look out for all of that
0: yeah and then before we hop into our matchups today uh for a little content warning for hereditary um it is a horror movie so just general intense situations but then also intense child harm um plays a pretty pivotal role uh, in that movie so be on the lookout for that with that said shall we hop into our first matchup
1: let's do it Remember back in the day, this is for all you loyal, tough cuties, when we were obsessed. Or nasties. Uh, We were obsessed with Hop. I literally,
2: every time 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 Matt says says, let's hop into a new episode, I have the urge to just go... Hop, hop. Look,
1: okay. And I think so. of James Marson. Like that, that's that's all. Time. That's the only things <laughs> I can time. do.
0: We're we're currently embroiled in a major legal battle with James. Mar- <laughs> him and his team. I can't even say his name. I Can't even do it. Um, yeah. Can you bleep me out?
1: Whatever I say, James Marson. No, it's
2: only Matt who's not allowed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's actually
1: right. like a one-on-one lawsuit. Yeah, but um, you literally have a team of lawyers. So if any one of us were going to get sued, uh, it's, it has to be you. <laughs> well, yeah, my lawyers versus his lawyers i mean that's kind of how
0: these things work and i'm Um, on his his team of lawyers i just got this my first case which is a big win for matt (laughs) (laughs) oh alex do you want to go ahead and introduce furious 7 yeah of course i do this is what google has to say always Google, not sponsored
2: i feel like it's just easier to start out this way you know Sure. After defeating international terrorist Owen Shaw, <laughs> Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel, Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker, and the rest of the crew have separated to return to their normal lives. However, Deckard Shaw, Jason Statham, Owen's older brother, is thirsty for revenge. A slick government agent offers to help Dom and company take care of Shaw in exchange for their help in rescuing a kidnapped computer hacker who has developed a powerful surveillance program. This movie kicks ass. It's so good. It's super about family. It's definitely, of all of the Fast and Furious movies, it's the most about family. It's got some amazing action sequences. It's got the farewell to Paul Walker. Sad. Uh, it's, it's so good. I like. People were like, why didn't you pick this one for the team-up bracket?
0: And it's because... Because you knew, knew it was
1: going up against the A team. It yeah, we also because it was going up against the A team, and the year. I couldn't.
0: We knew all the movies we were gonna pick, and yeah, you
1: know, can't imagine if we did that. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> um, I remember like when I was first watching the Fast and Furious movies. It was one summer. My brother and I were both living in New York, and uh, we decided like, hey, let's watch all the Fast and Furious movies. And so, like that, probably in like a week span, we watched all of them. And this is when there were only seven. I think there were only seven at this time. So we like spent a week watching all of them and ended on this one. And it was just like such a good time. Um, And so it like holds a very special place in my heart uh, and a special memory with my brother. So, yeah, family. Oh, yeah. Matt, Matt, what do you think about this one?
0: Uh, As the guy who has seen the least number of Fast and Furious movies in the room. Ever.
1: Ever in the world. He's the, yeah. Least. He is the guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I am that guy. What if you walked into a room every time? That's how you proclaimed yourself. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm Matthew. I'm the one who's seen the least amount of the Fast and Furious movies. That's a great fun fact, actually. Yeah. Um. So that, like, how do you that present guy? that as a
2: fun fact
1: like you know this fucking <laughs> if 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 we decided to go back to college and you have to do those dumb icebreakers like say a fun fact about you imagine if one dude stood up and was like i can guarantee that in this room i've seen the least number <laughs> of with full confidence you know i think that'd be i've pretty seen fun.
2: the least fast and furious content among everyone in this room
1: honestly that's pretty
0: good i i that would i i talk to him. And even Um, if
1: it's not true, that's a (laughs) funny-ass thing to say. You know what I mean? Like, either way, I'm going to talk. Like, that person is cool.
0: Maybe. Anyway, as the person on this podcast that's seen the least number of Fast and Furious movies, (laughs) um, I had a lot of fun with this one. I Like, look, I I think this is a movie that benefits from, like, not getting too bogged down in, like, I don't know, (laughs) some of the story (laughs) and whatever else. Um, And it's just, like, a good time, you know? Did this movie, you know, make me want to watch Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, I'd probably watch it after seeing this.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll say Hobbs and Shaw is worse than this movie, but if you don't get bogged down with the story or don't get bogged down in the characters or anything, it's pretty fun. I'll be yeah. real with you.
1: I had a lot of fun with Hobbs and Shaw. I, I, maybe even more <laughs> than Fast 7 and that's coming, you know, whatever. Yeah, but if, we're not talking about Hobbs and Shaw, okay? But this, we could be. We, we could be. be. This movie, it, it's pretty fun.
0: I, I definitely see the connection to family. It is like... Nearly omnipresent (laughs) in all aspects of what story this movie does have. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was a good time. What what about you, Jake? What do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, um, I think this is a fun movie. Objectively, on paper, fun movie. You know, these are going to be super fun movies. Uh, I was never a big, big fan of like the Fast and Furious movies. I think they're like good and fun. But like as soon as I stop watching them, I do not think about them with the exception of preparing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> or doing Vin Diesel jokes because I think they're very funny, yeah. um, and that's just my honest opinion. Having to see it again, I was like, "Okay, this is this is this is a movie." It's it's interesting because like family. When I think of family, I I do think of Fast and Furious movies, but I think because of the meme, you know, I don't know if it's like, am, like actually about man. family or if it's about Vin Diesel saying it in the way that he does. Um, and that's like where I'm like, uh, you know. I know it's about family. Like, I know that on paper, but then I'm just like, or is it just like because the beam is so popular now? I mean, it's it, definitely th- like the story is about the family. The story is, yeah. Yeah, like, I'll on, say, like, literally Jake, about family.
2: I think that's true for a lot of the Fast and Furious movies. I think this one in particular is more about family than all of the other ones. Sure, for sure.
1: A lot of that, of course, credit to because Paul Walker passed away. And like if this wasn't a little bit more. Well, but like Deckard Shaw,
2: like he's the villain in his whole thing. He's he's getting revenge for his brother. Like there's the storyline of Dom and Letty and like that's a whole family thing. Like this movie was going to be about family before Paul Walker passed away. And I think that kind of was just like, you know, okay, I didn't want to
0: say a cherry on top. Yeah, it sold tickets. Yeah,
1: am it sold tickets. it adds right? a bit
0: more emotional resonance to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, not to we, we'll Jake in a moment here. You'll you'll go ahead and introduce Spike. Yeah, I'm too, so but curious I, what's poking I, at your brain. I, right I just now. have to interject. Um, I don't know how I got here, but <laughs> on Wikipedia you can eventually make your way to a, like a list of Fast and Furious characters, um, mm. and it includes for all of them. All of the cars they've driven in every single movie
2: that in order kicks ass.
1: Uh, I think so. <laughs> they someone, or, someone needs a life, someone someone is, needs some, someone needs a vitamin <laughs> C lamp, but like this a is special, like, vitamin D. I'm lamp, not a car guy,
2: and I think that's one of the coolest
1: things I've ever heard. I genuinely think that that person has scurvy or something. Yeah, for, it's like each like,
0: movie, the exact make and mod, the. The exact, like, make and year for each
1: car that the person drives. Wait, can we take a step back for a second?
0: Yeah. Jake,
2: why'd you say they have scurvy?
1: I just associate scurvy with a lack of vitamin D. Anyway, uh, Jake, do you want to go ahead and introduce Spy Kids 2? You can't say I'm wrong, at least immediately. Anyway, uh, we we are not a scientific (laughs) podcast. Uh, We never claim to be educational. I have said things that are wrong. Uh, That's not one of them. So, Spy Kids 2... Director's Robert Rodriguez came out in 2002, post-9-11 movie. Uh, They're now (laughs) full-fledged spy kids. Uh, They're back for another James Bond-style adventure. That's what Google says, which is hilarious. Uh, They're facing their rival uh, spy kids. They're also siblings, Gary and Gertie. Uh, One of them's Emily Osment. Isn't that cool? And they end up on a distant island where there's a mysterious little man, and he's making weird old creatures. He's basically a furry. But yeah, he's a furry God. And look, this movie, when I heard we were doing movies like about families and stuff and about family, I just, my pitches were about like the families in film that I think are the best, that are the most interesting, fun, dynamic, like really like this film family and the film that they're in, like explores such cool things. And Spike kids too, I think is really fun because we get to see the family in bits and pieces. And, also find found family in this freaky deaky scientist. Um, and, you know, the, the, uh, the Gertie and all this stuff like it, there's so many family dynamics. And I always remember seeing spy kids as a kid and being like, man, I wish that were my family. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I pitched spy kids too. Uh, I, I loved it. So now, yeah. What do you think, Alex?
2: I have very fond memories of spy kids too. Uh, I, Actually thinking about it, never really liked the first Spy Kids hmm. because I think I saw it when I was too young and the thumb guys scared me. Um, but I liked they the second Spy scary. Kids a lot and I like the figured. third Spy Kids a lot. I recently rewatched the third Spy Kids and had an awful time and couldn't finish it. <laughs> uh, so I watched this one and had to finish it, so I did. Um, and it has like some very good moments, right? Like the mad scientist guy, uh, is, Steve played, Buscemi, man. is played by Steve Buscemi and he's
1: wonderful. He's so good. He's great. Phenomenal part of this movie.
2: It's got fantastic moments. The part that always sticks out to me is when the like two headed sea serpent bites the balloons and they go flying and then it happens again. And it's so funny. It's, great. um, no, I, this movie has a lot of very fun moments for me. Ricardo Maltaban is in it. He's great. Antonio Banderas in this one too.
1: So good. Tony Banderas um, really puts his whole like he he's he, really so for it. He, really he really goes so much fun he really really goes for it yeah
2: yeah that that's kind of where I'm at with this one what is yeah, what you? is
1: this what is this podcast for if not forcing our friends to watch movies all the way through yeah, Um true I think that's, oh also
2: I should say Furious Seven is was released in 2015 and directed by James Wan because I forgot to say
0: <laughs> that earlier <laughs> you should thank you yeah. Put respect on James Wan's name. Yeah. Why did he direct this one? Why why a Fast and Furious movie? I
1: wish I I wish I could get inside his little head and find Man, out. I really do because Malignant is a masterpiece and I need to know what's going through that man's brain. Uh in Saw
0: One? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, wow. yep. what did I think of Spy Kids 2? It's a question on everyone's mind right about now, and what I'll say. <laughs> um, the thing that consumed me most as I watched this film um, is that the the children, these child spies, actually all the spies, they work for the OSS. Yeah, which had my brain running wild. Because in real life, the OSS was retired. It eventually became the CIA in a post-world War II world. Um, basically because the OSS had no oversight and was immensely powerful. So I'm sitting there thinking, does this take place in an alternate universe where the OSS was never never retired Leave it,
1: leave it to Matthew to like watch an innocent little kids movie and think about the one governmental thing they talk about and cling to it like a demon. Well, that's how they're able to
2: break all the child labor laws.
1: That's also, that's, that's very true. That's probably true, how you can
0: get right, and it, it, you know what, it's not even a question. They can, like, fucking give orders to the president or make requests of him, and they're just
1: children because they're a level
0: two spy That
1: dude's, like, playing playing footsie with the daughter, with the president's daughter at one point. Like, you can't do that regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well... Okay, that moment where he's like, <laughs> he also
2: only dances ballet. That that
1: kicks ass. That kicks ass. That kicks ass. That's a I see good a lot of That's myself so cool. in Junie when I was a kid. He the little little Hispanic kid with curly hair. I was like, yeah, huh. yeah. Jake,
2: do you do you do ballet? I could. Cool.
1: I think I'd look really cool doing it, dude. You'd rock a tutu. I think I think I. I mean, I'd wear one. Who's gonna stop me? Who's gonna yeah. go on stage and stop me? Yeah, yeah. I don't no, think what? anyone's gonna stop me. Mila Kunis no yeah she might (laughs) I hope that was a black swan reference for all you black swan heads out there (laughs) you know what i
2: never saw black swan and i didn't know she was in that movie you know i don't i genuinely
1: don't think you'd like that movie
2: (laughs) i think (laughs) i i think you
1: would hate that movie to be honest with you i remember there
0: was
2: a lot of buzz around it
1: i love it i think it's great
0: anyway uh we're getting away from the point here but um yeah spy kids 2 is uh you know it's pretty fun um I much like Alex had, had not seen these movies since I was but a wee child. I liked them as a kid. Um it was like fine enough to like sit down and rewatch it. I was like, I can get through this. Cause I did get through Spy Kids 3 probably, like, I don't know, eight years ago. Well,
2: I watched all of Spy Kids 3, like, you, years and years ago. say eight it's years ago? It's not like ago, I've never I feel like, finished I feel, 3. Like
1: you, I feel like you watched it, like, recently, and you just don't <laughs> want to say. <laughs> I, I feel like there's, like, some hidden, deep, deep letterbox with you just constant rewatches of Spy Kids 3 and each time rating 5 stars and be like why can't we rate higher like what's going on this site is broken (laughs) this movie's a masterpiece and you've given it a terrible rating if anything you make new letterbox reviews just to bump up the rating more and more it's
0: astonishing that Spy Kids 3 has only received a 2.3 out of (laughs) 5
2: Sylvester Stallone's best performance yet
0: <laughs> Ironically it might be I don't It just know. goes through every single person in the cast With that exact review <laughs> <laughs> Alexa Pena Vega's best <laughs> role
2: yet <laughs> This is Ricardo Maltabon's
1: masterpiece <laughs> I love how this is our This is our film like, Letterboxd pro voice It's just like this <laughs> That that kid, Junie, I loved him.
2: I wouldn't say that about Junie. You do, uh, is he awful?
1: He's a really bad,
2: guy. It, and he's most he's of Spy, about Spy Kids three, and it's tough.
1: Oh, I thought you were like saying the real life actor was bad. No, 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 I, no I, I knew I, nothing I, about him as a
2: person. Is he I hate married him as a to Megan
0: Trainer or something?
1: Aren't yeah. we all in the end of the day? No, I think no. She's no only think married to is. one person. Oh,
0: I gotta tell my lawyers. <laughs> yeah, you should look. He- at <laughs> getting that annulled or something. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. Comparing these movies, we've spent so long talking about
1: nothing. Well, who started it? No, who started it? Because he started talking about government OSX shit. No, fuck off. It's it's, usually it's my fault. I will take that. Usually it's my fault, or Alex just runs with me. But today, no, it is you. It is you, Matthew. We're twenty minutes into this recording. What happened?
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: Real conversation. One thing. Yeah. Really, really cool that these are, you know, uh, you got two Latin families. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is That's cool. pretty cool. That's
2: something that, like, always struck me about Spy Kids of, like, I don't think there was any other Latinx, like, representation in media that I watched as a kid. Like, I can't think yeah. of anything.
1: And I think that's probably why I also gravitate towards this. Lot. Like, again, like, I, I looked a lot like Junie when I was a kid. I Straight up, I did. Like, I it, it was a Latin family. I was just like, oh, this is... This is really cool to see. And again, that wish of just like I, families and movies and their family dynamics and all the stuff, it just made me like so happy to see that on screen. And I guess maybe a part of me, if I'm being really candid, I'm really psychoanalyzing myself because part of me wants to just like go full like, man, I don't really care about the Fast and Furious movies, even though I know they're fun, whatever. But I think maybe it's because I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared of that family. I don't think I would want to be a part of that family.
0: I, I think Fast and Furious, like the, the like,
1: do you mean like in a biological sense or in like a you don't want to run with the crew sense? Probably both. Honestly, I know they're like fiercely loyal and shit, and that's great and all, but they they make dumb decisions based off greed and power and fast cars. And uh, it's also,
0: this is a question for the fast heads um in oh, okay of the three movies i've seen the first fast and furious fast five and fast seven they steal 60 million dollars in fast yeah. five why in fast seven are they simply living in like regular neighborhoods
2: oh so that's the neighborhood that they're originally from they're originally from mm. uh somewhere in california i think it's los angeles but, isn't it could be um, sure it's the city anyway yeah but so. i think like part of the the big difference is like in fast five In Fast 4, they're, like, running from the – they did, like, a big crime and they're on the run. Fast 5, they have, like, one last job to make a bunch of money so they don't have to do crimes anymore. Hmm. Fast Mm -hmm. 6, they get recruited by Hobbs to assist in a capture and it'll fully clear their names. And then they do. And so that's why they're just, like, living normal lives.
1: Ah,
0: But they're not Hmm. living, like, wealthy lives.
1: I still feel like they make poor use of their money. I agree. Well, Well, yeah, they spend it all
0: on cars. And
1: I just, I just feel (laughs) like... They spend it all on cars. exactly. I I don't know. I was never a car guy. I was never a car guy. The the closest I got to being a car guy is uh, those little, what's the little race cars like that kids used to play with? Hot Wheels. Beat that. Beat that. Yeah, that's like the only, I would see those commercials and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And that's it. Wow. Anyway, as far as like the actual
0: relationships to family these movies have... I would say they're both movies about family, but but at least as far as I kind of see them and I can be convinced either way I think um is like it is so intrinsically tied to like the DNA of Furious 7 mm-hmm. what it is as a movie where my mm-hmm. kids it's like part of the plot but also like there's all this other plot stuff going on kind sure. of like adjacent to it. Yeah not that like a family a movie about yeah. family has to like be only or centrally exclusively about family but like what what is your take on that Jake like where do you well, see the the big family moments in Spy Kids too
1: Right well you kind of like uh something I wanted to address like with it you kind of hit it like at the end I was like I I know the fast fast seven they, they family comes up a lot and i i would argue like just because it is coming up a lot does not mean it's the best representation like of family and mm-hmm. stuff going on it's still a good like you know representation it's still at the forefront but families are weird and complicated and 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 whatever and in spy kids too, i just really like i, I really like brother sister dynamics i found those always to be like the most interesting to me like kids I feel like a lot in um, family movies, like you see a lot of relationships between uh, like a mother and father figure w- with the kid. Like often, like it's always like something yeah, like about a full these families. Familial unit, not even full. Just like oh, I have a stress relationship with my mom. Like like a ladybird, or like oh, like mm-hmm. you know, like my dad is like there, but my mom's gone. Like you know, eighth grade or like something. But or even um, just spouses, or just like, spouses. You know, yeah, but something about seeing a brother and sister and their bond. And then also seeing, I love families, which I just thought of a thing that we didn't pitch at all in this bracket. The Adams family. That's probably wow. a missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, for real Hardcore missed opportunity, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love seeing a mom and dad be so like, down for each other no matter like it's not an issue about their legitimacy and family there's no like whatever they just like fucking love each other and they just love their kids and they're just like we gotta save our kids um and (laughs) i just i think it's i believe it like i believe in their chemistry i believe it doesn't sound like seem facetious in me um and i think it's really cool
0: You don't think the relationships, despite them being like said in a particular way about Furious 7, you don't think they are as genuine a relationship or as genuine a display of the relationship.
1: Yeah, it it feels sometimes performative. It feels like they're checking boxes sometimes with like uh, all the Fast and Furious movies, which I guess is unfair because we're just talking about Fast 7. But like with Fast 7, I still felt it like they know what what people like at this point, especially because it's the seventh one. Uh, if it was the first one, I guess it would be a little different because they're you know trying something new at that point. But this, it just I I, I couldn't separate it in totality. Whereas Spy Kids two, just it you know, feels like uh, the they they just love each other, man. This is someone's depiction of this family, and it feels very genuine. And they're just throwing shit at a wall. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And again, I also like, as I kind of mentioned before, the kind of found family aspect, which Fast 7 does this as well, so give credit to Fast 7 about it uh, with some of their other tertiary characters. But like, uh, you know, bringing the scientists in the fold, like kind of like talking about that um, dynamic and like what family can mean.
2: Well, so I mean, here's my thing about everything that you just said, Jake, is like, yeah, I think I think there are those themes in Spy Kids 2. But I feel like if you want to look at, like, the parenthood theme and, like, the brother-sister theme, I feel like you should have picked Spy Kids 1 because Junie and Carmen are, like, truly, truly the main focus of that. Whereas in this one, there's a lot more with, like, Gary and Gertie and they're kind of like the race to the island Mm -hmm. and, like, all this kind (laughs) of other stuff um, that I think But I knew you were
1: scared of the first one, so I didn't want to do that to you Mm because you're my family.
2: You know, I'm I'm a big brave boy. (laughs) I can look at some thumbs now. (laughs) Whereas, like, I think I agree that, like, a movie about family doesn't have to all be about family, but I feel like the concentrated, like, 100% pulp of Fast and Furious 7, it's so about family, right? Like, it is in every single relationship is put in this frame of, like, family, right? It's, like, the rivalry with the villain, the, like, relationship between every character on the crew, right? Like... I don't know. I get that there's something fun about spy kids being a brother and sister story, but I just feel like it doesn't fully compare to how much Furious 7 is actually about like these familial relationships and found family and everything. Mm -hmm. Plus, I just I can't stand to watch the actor who plays Juni Cortez. He's so awful. I he's so bad, guys. And I think I I I think he is actively worse than Vin Diesel, because Vin Diesel at least is, like, playing up the character of, like, he's not, like, he's trying to be a good actor, but, like, he is very, like, steadfast, like, he knows what he's doing as Dom Toretto, even if he is bad at it. Whereas, I Jimmy argue, Cortez, the actor is trying to be good, and a he's kid. so kid He's bad. a child
1: actor. Vin Diesel that has had years to be
2: good. That is not an excuse. Child actors can be bad, and just because they're a bad child actor does not make it better. Like, I don't want to. Just because he's leaning
1: into making himself bad doesn't make it better for Vin Diesel to be bad.
2: I feel like Vin Diesel being bad is part of the character of Fast and Furious, you know? Like, they are cheesy movies. I don't know. I think that was a forced choice by
1: the producers to be like, we got to make sure he's purposely bad or else people are going to realize he sucks. (sighs) I just, I can't stand the actor
2: Mm. who plays Junie. And it's the, I think the biggest problem I have is that. Spy Kids 3 game over is all about Junie and this movie <laughs> Spy Kids 2 is leading into like is leaning start into of all being all about, about Junie, Junie. yeah because it's like oh it's Junie's decision to leave the OSS and go
0: rogue and like be a wait be the a, OSS math. Matthew, oh, take it yeah. off. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that, that one little thing just on this Spy Kids 3 piece we're talking about. Spy I Kids 3, it. he's like living on his goddamn own, working as a, like a private investigator. W- why does quitting the OSS mean you become like an independent being instead of, I don't know, living with your goddamn parents?
2: Going to middle uh, school? Because
0: <laughs> too many trade secrets? I don't know. I, I don't I- if that was the case, they would have sent like a hundred spy kids to execute Judy. And guess what? We didn't see that
1: movie. They're dead.
0: They're, they're dead. Matthew Judy killed them. Like I, I've read a book or two about the history of the actual OSS, <laughs> and man, would they not worry about killing a
1: child? <laughs> oh, yikes! Uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder was in pitches to direct that movie, and instead he made Three Hundred. So it was you know loosely you, you based. Went- yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yeah.
0: Um, Just, just something I, I, I want to take a turn on really quickly because we should probably vote pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But the do you think God stays in heaven because he Man. too lives in fear of what he's created uh, on earth line has got to be the biggest mismatch in terms of writing <laughs> quality and movie quality of perhaps all
1: time. I just, I need to know what was going on in that person's life, whoever wrote that line. Because things are probably muddled to you. It's probably not even the writer. It's probably a mixture. Like, something happened. Something happened to a bunch of people in a perfect succession to make someone write that line. Yeah. And I like, kind of think, what? I kind of
2: think the whole script was that good. And then the actor who plays genie came in oh my god and they were doing it and <laughs> he, he is a like child he just couldn't handle the weight of that script and so they had to dumb down the whole movie the whole movie but, but they, steve left, that one they yeah. left that one line because yeah. steve
1: buscemi was like i will die i will I walk i will go. walk i literally yeah. did reservoir dogs and you're making me do this <laughs> I will walk unless you let me say the hardest fucking line in cinema history. Um, That's a good, I mean, I believe that. I believe that there was a hard line and Steve Buscemi fought for it because, and they're like, totally this doesn't make sense. (laughs) But he was like, I will walk. Okay. It's
2: such a good line. Yeah, It,
0: it really is. Um, I, I just feel like you got, you know, you it's the elephant in the room when it comes to Spy Kids. You've got to talk about it. You have to like, talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. You have to talk about it. Oh, and all those little cute CGI skeletons are so goofy. I really oh, love
1: yeah. them, guys. And their
0: families, probably. They were a family. Now they're dead. Oh, you, you know what? There's one family.
2: more thing about Spy Kids 2 that pisses me off. <laughs> all of Romero's, like... Uh, like monster creatures are like fun witty combinations right you've got like the spider monkey yeah it's like half spider half monkey you've got when pigs fly Mm -hmm. you've got a horse fly Mm -hmm. and then you've got slizzards and it's just a snake lizard i think what's up with i think
1: that's raw as hell i think if you're any fucking (laughs) teen boy who was bored doing a science experiment you love that shit I'm sorry. Well, I it's think it's so cool. dumb.
2: Like, you could come up with other puns. Why'd you get lazy and make a slizzard? Because like, there were other things. That you there could would be done. a
1: song called "Like a G G6 coming out that people would really like, and it mm. would be like sipping scissor in my ride, like three six. Now I'm feeling so fly, like a G Six. They knew that that was going to happen, and slizzard scissor rhyme, and they wouldn't have had another word that rhymes. You make That's a my good argument. Thank you. Thank you.
2: It still makes me unhappy.
0: Is there someone that wants to start us off?
2: Yeah, I can go for it. I feel like I've made my position the most clear. Uh, I'm going to vote for Furious 7. Um, I think it is more about family, and I like it more as a movie. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm voting for Spy Kids 2. Not that it's a better movie, but I like the family in it more. I think it does what it does with its family in a more interesting and familiar way to me personally. And if we're talking about family, you'd rather spend an
0: afternoon with the Cortez family than you would the Toretto
1: family. Yeah, because if I spend an afternoon with the Toretto family, I'm getting charges put on me. Like, like,
0: (laughs) no. Well, it all comes down to me. And seeing as uh, Robert Rodriguez... Also created Alita Battle Angel. My vote is clear. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be voting for Furious Seven.
1: <laughs> not Alita Battle Angel.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean I mean my vote's not a joke, but the you know, Alita Battle Angel was fun.
1: I liked Alita Battle Angel, yeah, unfortunately. It was, yeah. I just, just has god-awful like her eyes are terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's called bad. anime. Look it up. Ooh, ooh, sorry, <laughs> my bad. They were doing an
2: anime. Uh, I also should mention that I hate how Spy Kids 4 was just a bunch of white people.
1: Well, well Wait. there's a Spy Kids 4? What? Spy Wait, Kids fu- 4D with
2: Joel McHale and Jessica Alba. Don't That's ruin that for me. Crazy.
0: Are don't. the original family in it? Jeannie
2: and Alexa Penavega show up I don't know if it's in like a cameo. So
1: it's like a home alone thing where like they wanted to continue the franchise but couldn't get the original peeps like fully back and so they just like yeah, did it's the like premise with the Shark them. Boy and Lava Girl one. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: after uh it was after Antonio Banderas joined Shrek. So, mm. Mm, probably too back. busy as Puss in Boots. That's
0: crazy. We're going to hop to the other side of this bracket. Um Furious 7 advances. so You can catch that 2 weeks from now, but We've got one more matchup in this episode. Um, I can go ahead and kick it off by introducing Hereditary. So Hereditary, released in 2018, (laughs) directed by Ari Aster. uh, When the matriarch of the Graham family, Ellen, or Queen Lee, as she's known to her friends, passes away. Uh, Her daughter, Annie, played by Toni Collette, begins to unravel Uh, cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry all the while her son peter played by alex wolf uh tries to escape the sinister fate he has inherited upon his sister's death yeah so hereditary family bracket uh there's it there's a lot loaded in here um yeah so sort of cutting to the chase on it this movie when it came out um I'm sure you both remember the hype around it. The heralded is the like one of the best, one of the scariest kind of, et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of stuff. And Jake actually already knows this because we talked about it way back when. Um, but when this movie, when I first watched it, I was actually initially disappointed because it, it is not like the scariest movie of all time. It's not this X, Y, and Z sort of thing. Um, but it's actually grown on me over the years and it's more for its quiet moments than its loudest ones. Mm. Um, for example, like Charlie's death, I think, is such a phenomenal scene. Great scene. And mm-hmm. um, Peter's subsequent reaction, just like driving home, like sitting in the car, driving home and just collapsing onto his bed are like really, really like genuine moments. Mm-hmm. Um, the the film just displays this true distortion of family structure. Normally, it's something that mm-hmm. we cling to for, for safety and stability. But in reality, that's not always the case for a lot of people. Family is conflict. Family can be problematic. Family, you know, has trauma. Um, and this movie mm-hmm. is an ex- a, a true exploration of grief and generational trauma and mental health and sort of so many other things. Um, that I thought it was pretty important to also show, like, this side of family when it comes to, like, putting, you know, putting movies yeah. in the bracket. They got um, Naked Witches.
2: And we love naked witches on the tough cut. This is true.
0: This is just an objective fact. It's <laughs> just a fact. Um. Yeah. So that's a whole bunch of words all to say that. Um. I put hereditary in this bracket. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jake, um, what do you think about rewatching this one?
1: Yeah. Um. This is. I. I truly think this is an inspired pick for a family bracket. I thought it. Was, I at first I just thought it was funny. Uh, because that's like pretty much my knee-jerk reaction. Like, I, I feel like it would be most people's knee-jerk reaction when they uh, hear this movie in the family bracket. But then, like, really thinking about it, and then rewatching it with like family being like the mindset, it's pretty fucking wild how like how how it does ta- tackle generational trauma and and just like family dynamics in a really really interesting way. Like, hopefully, this never happens to you or has happened to you, audience. But imagine accidentally killing your sister. Uh we did say spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But like fuck, what does that do to you? What does that do to your family? Like that scene he was talking about is yeah. like, oh my god. This was also one of those movies when I first watched it, uh, you know, this is one of the most egregious ones where you're like, okay, why doesn't the Oscars or a lot of other thing recognize uh performances in horror because I genuinely think Tony Collette gives one of the best monologues uh, that so I've seen really. in recent history uh with the yeah. I am your mother speech, which is very mm-hmm. familiar and like that hit that hit really hard um yeah. i just i just think there's a lot a lot of a lot of really really good stuff when it comes to family and horror is such a good uh thing talking about family because there's a bunch of things about like you know genetic horror and just like horror like because you're chosen because you're born in something and blah 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 i just think this is i mean it's literally called hereditary and so uh yeah. i think it's a great pick i think it's a very exciting pick to be in this bracket for sure thank you
0: Alex, what did you think of this one? Had you seen it before? Had you experienced that kind of swept up in the, the 2018 craze for it?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> um, I hadn't seen it before. I very much missed the 2018 craze of it. Uh, I didn't really know about it at all. And so, like, watching it, I had no idea what it was about. I had no idea what happened during it. Uh, oh, and so the beginning is that's like... Perfect. I'd seen no trailers, truly knew nothing except the name was hereditary and the grandma died and it seemed like witchy stuff was going on. And then I was like at the beginning, creeped out by the daughter and mm. then she dies mm. and I'm like, "Huh. This going to get interesting." Wait, can and I
1: tell you something real quick cuz you didn't yeah. you didn't watch the trailers. The movie uh promoted itself with mainly showing her and yep. that she was going to be the scary thing in the uh, whole in the whole movie, wow. like the whole it, promotion around it was basically like she is the scary thing. She is going to either get possessed or is the like it was about her and like to drop that bomb after like the build up is like it blew. Well, so it many it's th- the movie is still about Charlie. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. She's 100%. just
0: uh, not alive for most of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, he, I just had to say
2: yeah, that
1: because I just like it's a really cool, a great introduction.
2: No, I mean it goes wild. It's um, it's really good though. It's such a funny and also like thoughtful pick for family.
0: Thank you. At the end of the day, um, <laughs> yeah. Sort of in spite of it all. With that said, Alex, do you want to go ahead and introduce Lilo and Stitch?
1: Hell yeah, yeah.
2: Lilo and Stitch, uh, released in two thousand two, directed by Chris Sanders and Dean De DeBlois? De De <laughs>
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, we used
0: to look people's names up before we started <laughs> recording. This is, this is the
2: first I have ever looked at that name. DeBlois? 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 Um, sometimes great. you read things and you're just not prepared.
1: That's pretty great. Uh But Lilo
2: and Stitch, a tale of a – this is also from Google. A tale of a young girl's close encounter with the galaxy's most wanted extraterrestrial – Lilo is a lonely Hawaiian girl who adopts a small, ugly dog whom she names Stitch. Stitch would be the perfect pet if he weren't, in reality, a genetic experiment who has escaped from an alien planet and crash-landed on Earth. Through her love, faith, and unwavering belief in Ohana, the Hawaiian concept of family, Lilo helps unlock Stitch's heart and gives him the ability to care for something else. She also uses Elvis. I added that last part. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a movie that I always loved as a kid. I... Loved it for its exciting moments. I thought Stitch was such a fun character, and you know, I picked it because it's like, oh, it's about family, like Ohana. Ohana means family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, rewatching it, I noticed so many things and learned so much about this movie. I probably haven't seen this movie in like twelve years, mm-hmm. um, and so like rewatching it, there was so much that just like totally went over my head as a, a kid. Kind of the same way, Matt, that you mentioned the quiet moments in Hereditary being so good. The quiet moments in Lilo and Stitch that I just totally missed as a kid are so, so, so good. I guess somewhere as a kid I understood that like their parents had passed away. But like I had mm. no concept for that. I had never experienced death. So like I didn't really understand what it was like for Nani, like trying to raise Lilo as her older sister and also be a like, you know, like I just didn't get it. And so rewatching it now, it was so cool to like see this movie that I always loved as a kid and realize like, Oh shit, I missed so much. And it is so, it is such a stronger movie than I ever thought it was. Um, yeah. Um, Matt, what do you think about this movie?
0: I think this is a fantastic pick, a fantastic movie. I love Lilo and stitch. Um, I rewatched this movie actually on no more than like six months ago. Hmm. Um, so it's something very close at heart. Uh, I, I think you've essentially hit the nail on the head that the movie is, you know, Ohana means family. It is a it is a movie about family, but in so in a much deeper way than at least is like on the surface, essentially your experience realizing, you know, kind of a little bit of what Nani is going through, I think is just so profound Um, and is such an incredible piece of this film, especially in the context of family, uh, because it is something that I'm sure is really, really hard. And truly worrying so deeply that, like, sisterly bond the two of them have is just so awesome. It's a fantastic movie. It absolutely is a family movie, and it is a great family movie. So,
1: Jake, yeah, I mean, this one, yeah, this is this is a very strong pick. Uh, very, I mean, I love unconventional families in in film, like, as I was kind of talking about, or focusing on things that aren't just mom, dad, sister, brother, blah blah blah, 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 boo. I think that this is this is great. I mean, it's. Watching it when I was younger, like you, you, you feel like this, this feeling of sadness and also being grateful at the same time. Um, it, it's like a very good, very strong way of like feeling these emotions of like kind of like what family can mean, not like what it like should mean, not like what it is like in totality, but what like what what its potential can be, both from like from loss. And from gaining something different, Um, you know, loss being obviously the the family and the sisters grieving together and trying to figure out what that dynamic looks like, but also like defining someone. This happens to be from another planet and all that, but um, who, who is different from you, but realizing that like, Oh, you can form, a family at any point in your time. Like that's what's so powerful about Lilo and Stitch is that just because you lose a part of your family does not mean you cannot work towards gaining another. And I think that's a really beautiful message, a really really great one. Um it's just a fun little movie, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um kind of jumping right
0: into it. I think there's a really great comparison we can kind of make right off the top is that both of these movies get into, I guess, distortion is probably too harsh a word to put on Lilo and Stitch, but like a subversion of traditional familial structure. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I mean, think it is talks super about like loss and grief in families, which I think is a big key key point. I mean, it's it's both they, you know, top of the movie, Hereditary just shows it a little bit more intensely, uh, mm-hmm. but imagine a Lilo and Stitch, if they showed that shit, Imagine a Lilo <laughs> Decapitation and Stitch, like, where. where <laughs> where, where oh, Lilo and Stitch, where their parents are
2: decapitated where... on screen. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just imagine how much cooler that movie would. Wow, be. Wow, wait, can you
2: imagine? Can you imagine Lilo and Stitch, where Stitch crash lands on planet Earth, and his little rocket ship landing on Earth is what de- decapitates Lilo's parents. Oh,
1: but that's dramatic because, like, you know, you find out you love them and all that stuff, and then you find out I was the one who killed your family. Though you would have a very different third act low point. Yeah, <laughs> I right. still think they move in together and uh, start a Disney series. You know, I, I think I think that's think that's real. Uh, no, I, I think it's really great comparing that these two are both tackle grief and 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 show that family is is not what it is on paper in the traditional or commercial sense. Uh, as yeah. I like, they to they, they don't it. have to be. Yeah, I, I think is an important piece, and I, I
0: actually want to applaud the mouse. In, in one capacity is like... Yo, be careful with that shit.
2: He'll take be your applause and turn it into $20, Matt. Be careful. Be careful. Um
0: uh, Applaud the mouse in some capacity is that Disney like puts what I think is pretty genuine effort showing a lot of non-traditional familial structures and Lilo and Stitch is no exception to that, which I just think is really, really awesome to do. Um, yeah. In like a representational sense, it super matters <laughs> for people to be able to see not just like people like themselves as... may have been the case for you know native islanders in hawaii seeing lilo and stitch but also just like family structures can be complicated sometimes your parents die and you have to be raised by your uh 19 year old sister
1: you Mm -hmm. know sometimes you know you're you wanted a boy and uh to you know be be the next in line for your blood witch coven and uh it doesn't work out because you know yeah your daughter's fucking rude um and then it you got to kill you have- your granddaughter and uh find
0: a new house for her spirit that holds one of the princes of hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's they're both relatable stories and and something, you know, Disney does well in both of them. I agree so much actually. When yeah. when um
0: at the end, Lilo just dives out that window and dies. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, and then they when Nani's just her. like banging her head on the like cellar door.
0: When they cut yeah. off
2: Jumba's head, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. Seeing Nani banging her head like that makes me act up, dude. What the hell?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta also credit Lilo and Stitch for making one of the best baddies in, in in animated history. I'm sorry, I'll say it. There's it's, Mrs. Incredible, there's Nani, there's the uh, B movie mom. Girls. Um. X-Girls. Wait, wait,
2: wait, Jake. I like how you didn't (laughs) say the, like, the woman in B-Movie, you said the mom in B-Movie, which means B, Jerry Seinfeld's mom, because B, Jerry Seinfeld has a mother in the movie. Oh, my
1: bad. I'm just thinking of of MILF, so then I, I, you know what, I stand by it, I want to fuck the B.
0: This wants to fuck the B, guess what's getting rebooted in live
1: action? (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's uh, like the wicker man but
1: like x-rated the bees not the bees no it's the
2: bees more
1: bees there's only one way out of that statue and it's fucking um wow yeah wow. did Did um, you think that's where this conversation no you? i think we might have no, to cancel the podcast now
2: <laughs> um You know what I love about Stitch and a realization I had watching this movie again? Mm -hmm. Um, You know how it's like a kind of a societal thing now of like goblin energy? Yeah. Like being a nasty little guy. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I ever experienced that was Lilo and Stitch because Stitch is kind of that like nasty little guy. He like crawls around. He does crime um and he and he gets ice cream at the end of the day and that's yeah, pretty
1: cool that's that's what i aspire that's to cream, goblin mode, you know cream. goblin mode almost got voted for for the dictionary like new new word of the year but instead gaslight one no it didn't nice good joke. <laughs> good joke perfect joke let's let's actually retire on that one that's um, uh is that
0: i don't think we have time to uh vote now okay have so the an, an, another <laughs> comparison here um, so Stitch goes goblin mode,
1: Tony Collette goes goblin mode. She too. sure does. <laughs> she sure fucking does, dude. It must have been so fun of a role for Tony Collette to do this, like really getting the emotional parts, really getting her thing, and then to be a full goblin at the end, amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. who wins really Stitcher or Annie Graham? Once I once I see Stitch down.
1: voluntarily with like some wire saw off his own head, uh, then he can talk to me. <laughs> you know, I I'm sorry, Tony Collette, mother is t- she is mother. You you know what I mean, mother,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> mother, mother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't. I, sorry, I um, mean, look, both these movies have misunderstood monsters in them.
2: Yeah, Lilo and Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you guys think would happen if
1: Charlie had found Stitch? She would have copped off his head and like presented the bird to some weird... She was doing Look. weird stuff. Look, I know we're not you supposed to judge up. people, but I think I think there's a certain point where she probably deserved to be bullied sometimes. I think that bullying works sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, hot, hot take and, from the tough take. cut today. I, I think it works sometimes, and maybe, just maybe... She she wouldn't have been, you know, Paymon at the end of the day or
0: you give a very different um, vessel to Paymon. That's very true. (laughs) You could do that. Paymon ends up inside Stitch. Oh, boy.
1: That's (laughs) basically the plot of like the second movie, right? i i don't know stitch, stitch is a glitch yeah it's where he gets oh, okay. possessed by a demon and like is, and he gets like, really mad filling up his mad gauge and if it fills up all the way then he turns he into a crazy. demon that's yeah. cool
0: yeah i've never seen i've never uh, seen the second one i really like the second one. so something quickly i want to kind of dive into in in hereditary and something I, I mean in part i just kind of like want to make sense of by talking it out is um, there's kind of, like, the thematic and narrative sides to the film that are maybe sometimes at odds with each other. I'm not 100% sure where I fall.
1: Mm -hmm. But,
0: like, it's super exemplified at the very beginning where Peter's in class and they're talking about Oedipus Rex and they're like, oh, you know, is it more or less tragic because of such and such and Peter's just not paying attention because he wants to give some smooches to a cute girl in his class and then
1: it wasn't it until out. that moment i thought you were talking about lilo and stitch i am so sorry i was <laughs> oh so confused God. i was so confused. Um, i was like when is oedipus rex but it on? but it turned <laughs> yeah oedipus rex and lilo
0: and stitch would <laughs> go absolutely and then it's you know they they land on this idea sort of in the background um that the story is more tragic because their fate has already been decided. Mm -hmm. And it's the movie telling you the fate of everyone here has already been decided. Like Charlie dying was orchestrated by the cult. Like all of this was already essentially preordained by powers beyond the character's control. Mm -hmm. And there's like two different things going on with that. There's like this narrative angle of like, it's spooky because like no one wants to like lose control to others like directing their life. But in the thematic side, there's this, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure where the film's trying to take it. Part of me feels like it's meant to be sort of like a, you can't control or choose your own, your genetics, your traits like that is decided for you
1: yeah sure
0: um sort of this you know that side of things as i think maybe kind of where it's falling falls in this realm of family there's a lot of discussion of mental health in the film yeah, i was gonna um, say like
1: denying your mental health history and your family is not gonna lead to great things if you just yeah, push exactly. away that and rather than it, face it,
0: it yeah it, it's like a fate that's already been decided for you is that like if you are genetically predisposed to have to grapple with mental illness that is just an unfortunate piece of the puzzle Mm-hmm. um but i'm not 100 percent convinced and i just kind of want to get your guys's two cents on like where you see that where if you picked that up if you agree with that
1: i think i do i mean i i i think this movie is is it, can, it only yada yadas for me about what its story and like theming is for when it gets towards uh the end of like wanting to kill the the sun and it's just kind of like a mad dash of like getting there um but i i do think it does a good job with uh talking like with especially with tony collette's character just examining her character and like how she just talks to family like how she pushed away her like mother obviously it's because she was she was bad and, and strange Rightfully so but um and, you know pushed away her mother know, and because of that like, to suicide could you know drove her brother to suicide uh she tried literally this is a great horror uh subversion literally tried telling her husband, the exact truth, like, "Hey, go look at the body if you don't fucking believe me upstairs." And he was like, you, "No." Um, sort of a deal and kind of the communication within family. I, I and that could be very true with mental illness too, of like you literally telling them what is going on in your head and then being like, uh, "What it like?" You the know, denialism of it, the denialism yeah. of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I think it's prevalent, um, throughout hereditary in a really interesting way.
2: Yeah, I. I agree that it's, like, very present. I super dislike deterministic philosophy of, Hmm. like, this is all preordained. Like, there's nothing you can do to change your fate. That's why you love the movie Brave. Yeah, if you could change your fate, would (laughs) you? So, like, I don't know. That that was never, like, something that I really liked about this movie, watching it. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how I really feel about it. Like, obviously coming to that conclusion, because I feel like it does come to that conclusion, um, because there's nothing that they could have done, right? Like, it is just, it is what it is, and it's Mm -hmm. where they ended up. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's not my favorite thing about this movie. Sure. It,
0: it It is a dour subject that you, you know, mm-hmm. film is about and you just like don't agree with that philosophically on either the narrative side or the thematic side. Sort yeah. Of.
2: Well, and I think like, too, if you want to like look at that in relation to family, like I don't like the idea that if you are stuck with your family then you're just like stuck with them right like you can make changes in your life when you have the means to do so you can Um, like sometimes you're stuck in a bad situation and you're like trapped there but like there are always ways that you can you know Hmm. make changes and things and like it's hard when you're a child and sometimes you're stuck in a bad family situation
1: Mm -hmm. Um, well she would have just offered her first son in the first place this would have been yeah then then it would have been fine and charlie would have had a great so there was a way out so yeah. uh, at the end of the day this story is about blame your mother. And if you blame yeah, your mother then sure. things will be okay. Um, it's all
2: mommy's fault.
1: Yeah. Oh that's 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 uh, so I
0: think it's a really good point Alex. I mean I'm not to dive into the philosophy right here right now. Um, <laughs> that's a for our bonus episode, episode. <laughs> subscribe to our patreon um where you can get just me Please. having politi- <laughs> philosophical He'll prognostication about the movies in our podcast
1: and be like here's what they actually matthew do you do that both for a quick buck <laughs> and for the philosophical <laughs> opportunity like you would like it's two of your favorite things i don't know i feel
0: True. like you should maybe just start it many people are saying this <laughs> i think it's a good point and is, is I like the consistency in your worldview to want to see the, the better side of it and not, you know, mm-hmm. that and like, I there, hate there is an upside. <laughs> that is true. Also true. Oh. Thank you. Anyway. Um, do we want to, do uh, we want to
2: vote? Let's yeah, do that. I think we,
0: I, I can, I can start us off. I just want to sort of, I don't know, throw it out up top that like, this is just like two fantastic films. Behemoth. In, in yes. my mind is like, so, yeah. This yeah, probably could have been a, a, a final finale, round. Matchup. Yeah. It's you know what like, it
1: is? Fuck it. brackets down on episode one what a
0: ballsy move that would be to the audience
1: we're just like you know what we just really like this one either either you want to hear us talk about it for each episode no yeah but
0: yeah yeah so to without further ado though i can i i can actually vote i'm gonna vote for hereditary not to say i don't think that uh Lilo and Stitch has a valid interpretation of family or that it isn't a good one. But I think that there's a lot to really dig into as far as Hereditary's display of it and this sort of uh, distortion or subversion of our traditional feelings about family is an important part of the discussion. But Lilo and Stitch is a fantastic film and a fantastic movie about family. You ask me again in two weeks and maybe my vote would be different.
1: I will. Um, Keeping you to that. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm... I think, in a very similar boat to you, Matt, where I think on any given day, I probably could vote for either Hereditary or Lilo and Stitch. But I think just based on kind of where the conversation went today, I think I have to vote for Lilo and Stitch this time. Yeah, I just kind of like, I, today, I like what it says about family more, the kind of themes and family that it touches on more. I like its ideas of found family. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, Lilo and Stitch for me today. Yeah, I think it's totally
1: valid.
0: They're both great movies.
1: Yeah, totally. It's Yeah, it's very conflicting because usually I am very much in the boat of the more positive message is one that I I like more. But there's something about how interesting hereditary and what it presents about family and its values are. I don't think it's just a cut and dry what our end philosophy that we discussed here is Um, as much. I think it's like there's something that beyond that that I just it's this itch that I really want to scratch. So I think I'm voting for hereditary here. Uh, hereditary advances it will face off against
0: furious seven uh two weeks from now <laughs> but we've got some more movies coming at you next week some more matchups we've got royal Moms versus parasite and my big fat greek wedding versus little miss sunshine
1: amazing um, that those are really those are really fun matchups those are really stacked yeah. fucking matchups. we got families dude. we got families
2: we Fam- did good this bracket we i mean we missed adam's
0: family but like Absolutely. we picked good movies this bracket guys family would have been a good pick and with the new wednesday show that just came yeah, out man this, so topical. we are almost on the zeitgeist
1: almost there yeah we don't missed worry this
0: time. some crazy shit's about to be announced about a, Spy beam, Kids a live 5D action 5d <laughs> <beam> coming
1: out <laughs> yeah. in three weeks <laughs> no the live action sex film b movie i think has more odds than that uh, uh,
0: time will tell uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on all of them. If you want to get in touch with us, follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pod. We're on all of your favorites, literally all of them except for Hive.
1: Yeah, tag right. us on your Spotify Wrapped if, if you're. If oh you're, yeah, those are coming. If out we're this up time there, if we're not up yeah. there, don't tag us. That's really embarrassing. Be like, hey, Tough Cut Pod, you didn't make the cut. Uh, like that would be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that.
0: And if we get Tweets where we're not in your Spotify rap, you don't even want to know what's going to happen.
1: Oh, they won't do um, that. that. There's Bad. no way they'll get that special little treat we have planned. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, they won't know. Who should they share today's episode with?
2: Share this with someone who, when you were a kid, thought you thought might have been a spy kid mm. or a monster. Share this- Share this
0: with someone who's part of the OSS Please you need to expose them for the good Of our national security You have to do it hit the button